Well, we were taking a break on the Screen the Screener College Basketball podcast, but then these names just start coming down and declaring and not declaring and signing with an agent. So sometimes, folks, you got to get in front of a microphone here and, and debate it. And Gus and I got a lot to say. We got we to gotta come and talk to the listeners, I think, Gus, and, and give them some info on, on the ridiculous declarations that are going on here. Everybody's going pro. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everybody's going pro. When you, hit, when you hit that big overtime basket against Weehawk, and did you declare in high school? You should have. That was a big three, man. That was a – we were in trouble down in Weehawk on a Friday night. And you down pulled seven. A, and you pulled a three. At, you should have declared right there. You have more of a resume than Kevin Knox does. Well, let's not get crazy here, but I, I think we do need to catch the people up on, on who's in, who's out, a couple opinions on a couple players. We have some We have some things to talk about here in the offseason on the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, even during the offseason. Well done, everybody, for finding us during the offseason. You know, why, why don't we talk some uh, some NBA draft uh, declarations? I'm with you. Gus, I'm still trying to put together our end-of-season highlights, but of course we had to jump on and talk about these declarations. And let's get right to it. So, folks, Gus and I, th- this started, full disclosure, you're really funny. I got control of the Twitter account, which, again, is so obvious. <laughs> I mean, it's so obvious. It's, wor- it's, it, it's it, it, Look, it's, it's teamwork. We, we work together. No, but there, it's incomplete sentences, and it's, it's <laughs> gifts that make no sense, right? Okay, so it's the Rothstein thing comes out, where Rothstein says that he was talking to some coach who says oh, this is controlled it, chaos. Backstory, yes, very right. good. Very it's good. controlled chaos, right? Okay. And, and Rothstein says they may have to do – they're saying that, that they won't allow them if you go into the combine that you can't return and they may have to do something like this. Okay, And so, of course, everyone's – all the NBA people are against them. I write out – I agree. I think this is – I agree with Rothstein, which I don't often, and I think that something's got to be done. So Gus hears the Rothstein thing, does not see how I responded, and goes, this guy's completely freaking nuts. And so I got to text Gus, yeah, by the way, uh, I, I supported it, and I put, right, it, right, put, right. It, put it on Twitter. It great. And he goes, all right, well, <laughs> I don't. So, And here we are, folks. There you go, right. Gus. Why don't you start us off here? That sounds good. So I, I think, it, just to give uh, some backstory here, in case you're not sure of what we're referencing here, CBS analyst John Rothstein tweeted out that he had information from uh, an undisclosed head coach that that said uh, it's chaos with all of the players declaring for the coaches and that there needs to be some rule in place if they're not invited to the combine, they should all be sent back to school. Something like really binding. And it goes against like every premise for what we fought for in our country and stuff like that. Like, but it also just takes away like free market. How could you be so like, how could you have a system that is set up where, okay, just because you don't fit into this box, you have to go back to this box. It makes absolutely no sense on any front. We can expand upon it as we continue the conversation, but I disagree with it vehemently and thought it was really short-sighted, kind of biased, really limiting, and unbelievably unfair to the student-athletes that are attempting to make a living at what they're really good at. You're, you're, you're killing any opportunity in the free market and their actual market value just because they don't fit into a certain box to a certain group of people. I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. I think we're confusing the theory of limiting people versus the reality of what is really going on. There was a, there's a guy I used to work with who had a newborn child. Okay, just true story. I don't think you even know the story. And the kid was playing at the school and by, and mm-hmm. he started eating dirt. 
in front of me. This is a true story, okay? And I'm with one of my uh, uh, coworkers. She was an older Italian lady who just would tell you she was a phenomenal person and would just tell you what she thought. She goes, excuse me, he's, he's eating dirt, okay? This is what the father says. Yeah, yeah, that's okay because, you know, that's the way he'll learn that he doesn't like dirt. Okay, that's not going to be my theory. It's not going to be. It's a free market. They can right, all right, declare. Right. They're allowed right. to declare. Okay? And if they fall flat on their face, that's their decision. I think it has gotten to a point, Gus, where we got something like, what, a 100 underclassmen declaring, forget, uh-huh. forgetting Luka Doncic, okay? And Very good. All, all Very the, good pronunciation. I tell you how long it took me the, 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 uh, before the pod started to get that right. And all the people from Europe, of course, the basketball is now a worldwide game Mm -hmm. and the seniors Mm -hmm. for 60 spots. And I can't prove this because I haven't had a conversation with Kevin Knox. Okay, and I I can't. But I don't think the overwhelming majority, man, of these guys are declaring saying, I'll play in Belgium. And and some of them are. And if they are, that's fine. I think they're being sold a bill of goods. I Uh think we have to save them from themselves. Uh I understand it's limiting, but kids can't drive to a certain age. Kids can't drink to a certain age. That's Uh limiting. There's people who fight for our country and they can't have a beer. It's out of control. All of these kids think that they're going pro. They think they're making an NBA roster and they're fools. That's why I kind of like the idea of I can't make you go to college, man. That I can't do. But mm-hmm. once you're there, I can make you stay a little longer just so you get more coursework done, just so maybe you realize that you're not as good as you think you are because you scored 17 a game as a senior when you won one of the 12 Missouri State Championships. And now because you have eight points and it's Calipari's fault because he didn't play you enough and that's why you're not making it. And everybody in your group is saying you should go pro. But then you declare like Lenny Cook and you're sitting there at the Italian restaurant and you don't get picked. That's not okay to me. And that's happening over and over again. So this is where I thought the conversation would go. You know, of course, Mike and I talk like pre-podcast and, and talk about the talking points of what we're going to get to. But I thought this is where the conversation would go. We're arguing two different things. We may be. Yeah, we may be. We're arguing two different things, and that's fine. So the point that you just made totally supports my argument, and I'm sure there's going to be something that I say is going to support your argument. My argument is the rules are broke. The rules are broke on all fronts. They are. The rules are broke with the amateur rule. The rules are broken. The NBA and the CBA agreement that is including the one and done rule for college players. That's broke. It's also broke. The ability of a college student athlete to get uh, to obtain an agent's services. Once that is obtained, then their amateurism is totally denied and knelt. That needs to that rule needs to change. Part of the way that every college student, period, not student athlete, just college student, is they go and get information. They get information about the job that they want to pursue. Guess what? This group of a hundred kids this year wants information to pursue their profession. The only way that they currently can do that is by declaring for the draft and hopefully crossing their fingers, get an invite to the uh, combine or get an invite to Portsmouth or get an invite somewhere. 
so they can get some feedback on whether this is a good idea, a bad idea, what do I need to work on, so on and so on. So I think we're arguing two separate things here. Uh, my argument is all of the rules are broke and do not represent and help any of these student athletes make a good decision because of the rules in place and they're forced into these decisions. Yeah, and I, I hate the counter argument that Sam Vecini gave to us last year. Folks, if there are kids who have to go and declare to become a professional basketball player to feed their family, I am Partnerships. not I am not arguing yeah. that. I'm no. not everyone's allowed to do that. But folks, then they could have declared out of high school. And I'll get and, and listen, I, I get that. Again, it's, again, the the rules being broke. Yeah, I I think they should be paid in college. I, I think they should be entitled to get whatever sponsorship deals they can get on their own. Now, your mm -hmm. comparison that you made, which I thought was interesting to the musician, musicians and the artists, I understand that. Right. But there's a difference. There's only 60 jobs that these guys want in America. They don't want to play for Salt Lake City. Okay. They don't mm -hmm. want to play in front of high school fans watching them in the G League. They don't. I don't think when Tony Bradley declared last year and, and Bradley was picked in the first round, mm -hmm. he got a solid deal. So he's a guaranteed deal, right? 28th pick overall was traded by, he was traded by um, Houston. Then he was traded to the Jazz after the Lakers picked him, etc. I don't think Tony Bradley expected to be playing in the developmental league this year in Salt Lake. I don't see how Tony Bradley made the right decision by declaring after his freshman year for a North Carolina team, right, that ended up this year falling short of their goal. They needed a big guy inside. I don't think Tony Bradley comes back us and is picked in the second round. And there are millions of Tony Bradley examples. Does LeBron James want to declare after high school? Great. Does Kevin Garnett want to go pro? Great. That's fine. But the, I don't like the fact that they have to then, because these agents, Gus, these agents that sit there, they, they, t they take these kids like lottery tickets. They'll take 5 million of them. And if you suck, they just throw you away. So if you're an automatic, that's fine to me. But I wish they could come back to college, whether right. they signed with an agent or exactly. not. That exactly. would be, that would make me feel better. If right. they could, they're having to make the, like you said, the rules are broke. They got to go or they got to stay. And all these kids who are going, these marginal kids, Gus, we'll talk about them a little bit. The people who, who can come back now, who are testing the waters, Zaire Smith, Jacob Evans, Kyrie Thomas, et cetera. Okay. Right. Jonte Porter. Those guys are not getting drafted without an agent. Okay. Maybe second round Jerome Robinson of Boston college, who I'm a big fan of as you are as right. well. I don't think he's a first-round pick, maybe late first, but in order to get over the top, I think he needs an agent, and once he signs with an agent, he's toasted. Correct. So, again, you're, you're, the way you know, the, the securitist route that you took with your argument there is supporting what I think the biggest problem here is, is that the rules are very broken. Everybody should have the opportunity to get every piece of information that they need for their profession that they're pursuing. The rules that are set up right now limit every student athlete that's a, a NBA, like, uh, I don't know, potential player, like that has some sort of like, I don't know, uh, draft status. So yes, the, the rules are broken. So here's what else you mentioned, like, oh, they, they, they should be able to come back. I, look, I'm, I think your argument is like, all these guys are making poor decisions and are being led down the wrong road. Sure. I'm kind of agreeing with you there, but 
that's the only road that they can take currently. <laughs> like there's no other option with the rules that are set up. So due to the, the, the construct of, of multiple facets here, uh, NCA being one, uh, uh, NBA uh, and the CBA uh, rules being another, um, uh, the amateurism rule being, being a third. Um, so all of these things are forcing them down this one narrow path. And it, I just feel like that narrow path is unbelievably limiting and everything, it, it needs to change. And I think we're getting close to the change. Here, here's, here's the last part that I'll bring up about this. And um, if you haven't read this article by Pete Thamel from Yahoo, I strongly encourage you to go do so. Uh, he writes an article about uh, Olympic gold medalist Katie Ledecky, who um, until very recently was a student athlete at Stanford University. She decided to leave the swim team at Stanford University because of the sponsorship opportunities that she was receiving as an Olympic gold medalist and world record holder as a swimmer, that they were just too lucrative. Like, why should that why should Katie Ledecky be denied an opportunity to make a profit, a living, make a life-changing decision and not be included in an NCAA sport? That makes no sense. Absolutely zero sense on all fronts. Like, why can't that student athlete go obtain the, that, that paycheck? She earned that success. She worked hard for it. Is she immensely gifted and talented? Yes. But she put in the hard work in the pool. She was the one at, there at 4 a.m. in the morning working with her coach. It's not like, like this was handed to her. So the fact that the NCAA has rules that prohibit incredibly talented and gifted and amazing student athletes like Katie Ledecky to go pursue a professional career while still wanting to be a part of the team construct at Stanford University and in the Pac-12, the rules are broken. Well, Katie Ledecky is a five-time Olympic gold medalist and 14-time world champion. That I get, and I agree with you. The rules are broken. That's absolutely absurd. Thamel's article is tremendous. I get it. My issue is that any kid now who has a modicum of success in college is fooled into thinking they're good enough. Tony Bradley didn't need to gather information. The idea that if Tony – one of two things happened with Tony Bradley – he either thought seven points and five rebounds and not being able to beat out Kennedy Meeks on North Carolina was somehow an indication that he was great, in which case he's insane, or someone got in his ear and said he could, he could really make a lot of money. These kids are going from 18 years old into the bed with piranhas, and they're being fed, you're good, you're good, you're good. You know why, Gus? What's, 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 if I'm an agent, I'll tell everybody they're great. Oh, you should go. Kevin Knox, you should go. Everybody should go. Why don't you go? Hey, uh, yeah, Dockage's kid, why don't you go too? Everybody should go. Because you know what? Who gives? They don't give a damn. I care about the kid. I know that at 18 years old, I thought I was going to be a sports broadcaster and you had no idea what you were going to go into. That, that's what. That's the mindset. What are we going to do, Gus? We're going to go to the D-League and hang out with my teammates who can go drink and I can't get into a bar? Who am I hanging out with? What am I doing? And now maybe I shouldn't care about that stuff because maybe that's mushy. Okay, nobody cares. Like, these are kids, guys. Okay? They're not ready to make a decision for the rest of their entire life. And because the system is broken doesn't mean that they all should gather information because the information they're gathering is false. The NFL Combine, I can tell you the top players in the last five years of the NFL who have run the 40-yard dash in X amount of times and how that really aligns to success in the NFL. 
Does anybody even know what they do at the NBA Combine? They do a vertical jump, okay? Right. They, they play. They play Con- a lot. Cone drill. Cone drill, right? Does anybody have stats on how the – if Tony Bradley at 6'11 did a cone drill in a certain time and you, and you're probably the only one who could tell me this, could tell me five guys who did a cone drill at 6'11 <laughs> who could then have – I'm, I'm better with it. The NBA Combine is a charade. It's really nothing because you don't get a lot of information and there's not that many spots. I just feel bad for these kids who are getting fed a bill of goods. I don't like them going out for a second round pick. And I, I, I honestly, the system is broke. I would rather limit them like you limit a child from eating dirt because you know better. And in the one in a million chance that I hold back a legendary player from getting paid just one more year... I think that's outweighed by the tens or hundreds of kids who are now playing a Jinxu Monkey King. That's, I was waiting for that to come up. Yes. I, I, yeah, I got to come up with a new one, right? Cedar, no, no, no. Cedar, Cedar Rapids. Maybe Cedar Rapids would be a better one. No, no, no. no. Stick with Jinxu Monkey King. So I, I'm willing to become Animal Farm or Big Brother, okay? And limit, I'm I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, Michael Jordan, that you had to stay at North Carolina. Uh, by, by, by the way, I'm just going to jump in for two seconds and get a little bit off topic. What if he and Zach Collins both came back? Do you think we'd be talking about uh, Gonzaga and uh, Gonzaga and UNC meeting in the championship game again as a rematch? No, of course. I mean, I, yeah, they, they're right. not losing to to Robert Williams windmill dunk, right? North Carolina, right? They're not losing to Texas A and M if they have a big inside. And listen, Tony Bradley may find his way, Gus, and he may in two years be a you know a sub. I think he's big. I think he's a little soft. Now, listen, you're going to say they developed. What is Tony Bradley developing in Salt Lake City? What is it really? Oh, they have NBA coach. Really, really, they have NBA coaches. Why are they in the NBA? And I, and I kind of think Roy Williams is is on par with whoever's coaching Salt Lake. That's Good my point. that's my point. Yeah. But you're right. I am, and and that's why if they want to leave after high school, I'm fine with that. That I don't. I can't make that, you go to college. I, I can't make yep. you go to college. But if you're there, man, can't you stay two years? There, there, there's something there. There's a solution in part of what you said there. And then this brings me to my last part of what's broken you mentioned like the 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 combine being like foggy foggy yeah yeah not giving you like the the tangible result that the nfl combine might there needs to be more opportunity for these kids to showcase their skills and get feedback maybe it's not a combine maybe it's something more like the portsmouth model out, out west but there needs to be two or three other opportunities and the only way and you said you mentioned they're not going to get drafted unless they sign with an agent the only way to get to those other locations, the best way is to have an agent and then have that agent help you get into that spot. All of the things that you mentioned are speaking to how things are broken for the potential NBA player or the potential like late rounder slash second rounder, i.e. Tony Brown. And this ties in perfectly, folks, because Gus and I are now on the mission to try to come up with more information for you for the NBA draft. Okay. And that's why there's a player, Gus, on the Cleveland Browns, a tight end, David Njoku. I saw David Njoku play basketball. So we'll keep this in the sport that we talk about. Right. I saw him play in a state championship game. David Njoku walked out of the locker room. I said, mother of God, is what I said. <laughs> I, have, I said, if that is not an NFL player, I don't know what is. I'm Mike Randall. I have some crazy opinions. I sometimes go off the rails. But I nailed this one. And Mr. Njoku went to Miami. He was a first-round NFL draft pick. And do you know where his stock really rose? At the Combine. Because, Gus, 
at 6'4", 246, he ran a 46 pounds. He ran a 4'6", 40-yard dash time, Ooh. which puts him in the 83rd percentile as per player profiler among all tight ends. That's the information we need, and that's why Gus and I have gone on our YouTube channel, Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe to it, folks. We are banging out comps for you. We're banging out our own version of what these players should be hearing about as they get ready for the NBA draft. We started with Malik Newman. We gave some background information. Gus went in his vault there. He pulls out the perfect comparisons. He says his ceiling is Gary Harris and his floor is probably Courtney Lee. Bingo, bango. I heard that. I started laughing out loud because I go, that's so accurate. And that's what we're doing. We're giving you strengths, weaknesses, about a two to a two and a half minute video clip, some pictures in there. We talk about them in college. We project them in the pros. We tell you where we think that they should go. You're going to love this. Get into it. Log on to YouTube, screen the screen of College Basketball Podcast. We're going to have more coming up. Gus has like 30 he did today, okay? And we're going to put them up. As I, got a, we get I ready, got a little groove. As we get ready for the NBA draft, we're going to break it down. It's consumable. Hit the little thumb up button there. We'd appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Subscribe. You'll love it. The This part has been fun. Uh, this has been part of what Mike and I have talked about. Uh, sketched about diatribed about uh, along the way you know since i don't know since high school we've we've always tried to fill the gap of the end of the college basketball season to the nba draft and like you know make projections and and say like i think this would be a good fit for this player or i can really see this player when they you extrapolate out three years down the road that they might actually be comparable to this player so that's exactly what we've tried to do for you guys and give it to you in like a consumable package um, so we'll put it out on Twitter for you guys. We'll, uh, and uh, like Mike said, you can also hit up uh, the YouTube channel as well and, and, and consume them all as, uh, they, uh, on that uh, medium as well. We couldn't stop Njoku, Gus. I mean, it was, <laughs> he walked on the court. I go, mother of God. I mean, the kid is like – and he couldn't dribble, okay? But like he caught the ball in the post and like I was literally scared for anyone who was near him. And the thing was we tried to pump fake him. He didn't jump. You know Why? Because when you got a 132.1, 97th percentile burst score, okay, you don't have to jump if Mike Randall's pump faking you. He just put his hands up, okay? And that's the stuff that we're going to give you on the YouTube channel. Hopefully, yeah. We could throw in a little sidebar. If David Njoku switches and plays basketball, he'll break every backboard. Maybe he'll he'll charge a little bit. But that's the sort of information we're going to give you. Gus's comps are just off. off Uh, Yeah, totally looking forward to it, by the way. Uh, Do you want to do you want to talk about a couple of uh, did you have a couple guys you just want to talk about uh, to the listeners off the cuff real fast? Let me just fire it out. I'm going to give you – we got three groups here really really quick. Just going to fire it out to okay. Gus and we'll give you our reactions. These are people who are in the draft. These are players who have declared for the draft and have signed with the agent and are definitely not coming back. Gus, give me, you know, yes, no, mm. like it, don't like it, whatever. Mm. And I'll mix it up on you here. Here we go. Jaron Jackson of Michigan State. Mm. I think he's going to go somewhere in the lottery just because of his measurables. He's also shown shown the propensity to be able to can the three. So you like when you can have like that stretch four or stretch five even – possibility so i think his potential on the defensive end due to his length and height and athletic ability and his look it doesn't look pretty but it goes in his ability to hit the long shot i think is intriguing to nba teams now so i can see him going somewhere in the lottery and here's my problem i i think jaron jackson is is going to go in the lottery Mm -hmm. i agree Mm -hmm. with you i think he has a tremendous amount of potential 611 rebound shoot the three the whole thing i get it 
I don't think he's seeing an NBA floor anytime soon. I think he's going to get a really nice deal, so I can't fault him for going and getting that nice, strong exactly. deal there. The lottery exactly. pick. Um, but I think he's a G League player. I think he's going to be up and down from the G League. I don't think he's going to be able to contribute with that shot. And I, I think I, if I, he's okay with that, I think if he's, if he's okay for the first four years of the NBA, sort of going up and down, up and down, I, I think that's it. But I, I like him, and he's going to make a lot of money, so I can't, I can't begrudge a lottery pick, Gus. No, no, no. I think if you're a lottery pick, I think you have to go just because of the amount of money you're going to see in that first contract. And, and you know, odds are you're going to see in your second contract. Um, I, I think I, if we're going to liken him to somebody in last year's draft, I'd say like Allen, who came from Texas that went to uh, the Nets. I can feel like he can have that type of impact. I can see him playing pretty well on a screen and roll, like diving to the basket and maybe on the screen and roll if they play off, step back, hit the jumper, uh, be kind of impactful on the defensive end. He's not going to play a ton of minutes, so he, maybe he uses up his six fouls. So I, I get the appeal, um, but I think there's a lot there to develop and, un, uh, uh, and, and, and unpeel like as he develops. I refuse to comment on this next oh, no. one. <laughs> Mike, Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> Look. And again, and again, you're going to tell me he's great. Everybody thinks he's great. I've just haven't right. seen it yet. I'm sorry. No, no, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you he's great. Here's what I'm going to tell you. He's going to have one of the most volatile, uh, like, you know, draft stock uh, measurable things that that you're going to look at. You're going to see him in, like, the three slot in some, like, mock drafts. And you'll probably see him all the way down at 12 in some other mock drafts. And everywhere in the middle. Simply because we don't know if his medical is going to be clean. Um you know, his high school status and scouting report will kind of keep him in that top 10 range. But I think until the medicals come back clean, I think people are going to have um, a question mark next to his name. And you don't find that out until you get him in and work him out and uh, have your doctors look at him. So I, I, I think the, I don't know, the the profile is really appealing, like 6'10", can bomb it from three, uh, kind of athletic. So you, you like like that part of it. But until he gets a clean bill of health, I, I think there's a big question mark next to him. Kwame Brown. <laughs> Kwame Brown. Oh, sorry. Okay. He's, uh, he's way more skilled than Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown has zero uh, ball skills. Porter, Porter at least has ball skills. I think you'll be surprised at this next one that, I, that I'm going to comment okay. on. Lonnie Walker. Hmm. Lonnie Walker. Here's what I'm going to say about Lonnie Walker. I kind of like him, even though something about his play is telling me that I shouldn't. Um... I like that he is like a combo-y type guard. He can run some point for you. He can, you know, he's going to run two. He can guard multiple positions on the perimeter. Uh, he has good girth. Um, he's not one of these like string bean guys. He is put together already. He has an NBA uh, type of body like right now today if we were going to like start a game tomorrow. Um, he absorbs contact really well. Uh, I'd like to see him shoot it a little bit better. I, I don't feel like that part was like super consistent, but like I feel like every Miami game we watched, I was like, oh, that that looks like it's going to go in. That looks like it's going to go in. And like, you know, then 33% of them or however, whatever he shot from three this year uh, was really questionable. So I think if his shot can improve a little bit, I think he's really appealing. Um, and I bet he's another guy that's going to be all over. I bet you see him from like 10 to 25. Justin Jackson of Maryland mm-hmm. average, averaged 10 mm-hmm. points and six rebounds as a freshman. Mm-hmm. He shot forty four percent from three point. That's range. the that's okay. that's the number that's going to catch everybody's eye. Six foot seven, two twenty five. Okay, you, you are fine. This year he played in a few mm-hmm. games. Averaged nine point eight points, eight point one rebounds. Only shot twenty five percent from three. Tears his labrum. Yep. Okay, in December, and he's declared for the draft with an agent. Explain that one. I don't have an explanation for you. I don't. Maybe this is like the. Um, 
I don't know, the LJ, the, the LJ peak corollary where he's got to go get something taken care of and he's going to take care of it now. Um, I think he would be better served. This, I think this is where our argument differs, right? I think it's an awful decision too. And I think this is what you're kind of arguing on top of everything else is like, stop making bad decisions. If you should go back to college, go back to college. If, if you're, if you're going to be a lottery picker in the top 20, then go, go get your money. And I feel like he's, you know, the former where you're like, no, just go back. He should do the same thing that um, Benny Boatwright is doing from USC, who, you know, was injured throughout the year was one of the you know preseason front runners for uh, conference player of the year in the Pac-12. Came back, had like a very ordinary season, and now he's deciding to come back for one more year to really up his status for the you know the following draft year. So I would follow that model as opposed to the sign with the agent and cross your fingers and hope you're Edmund Summer and get drafted in the second round. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm clapping. Rory Hashimura just walked in the room, so I, he's returning. So I'm just clapping. I'm sorry. I, I, it's Rory. Thank you. Yeah, you made it smart. I know. You took, yeah. And and listen, you should have went further, but Tilly got hurt. I know. And and you know, maybe Tilly's a little soft. But all right, that gets fine. Can, we, can, right. We, can right. we just jump in right there for a second? You, you <laughs> yes. mentioned like the information that they're getting. And this this talks about the relationship of the, the student athlete with their, with their current college coach. You know that every college coach, you know, that, that besides the one that's mentioned in the Rothstein, uh, tweet. Um, every college coach is doing everything they can to get as much good information for their player so they can just make a good decision. They just want to see what's best for them. Of course, like, you know, in the back of their mind, they'd like to have everybody back so they can be really good again. Of course, like that, that that's but in reality, what they're dealing with is they just want the, the, the player to make a great decision with great information. I think few has really nailed this over and over again um, when he knew that Zach Collins was going to be a lottery pick. He's never had a one and done guy. So like this is the first time he had to figure that out. He's like, oh, look, you're you're a one and done. You should go like you should go get picked in the top 15 in the lottery and go make a ton of money. Go for it. Like we can't we can't give you that here. Um, Go trust the coaching staff that you're going to get drafted by Portland. Great coaching staff. He's going to develop fine there. He's already got some quality minutes. He's going to be an NBA center for years to come. Um, But like, don't you think every college coach is doing that for their players? At least I hope they are. Right. Here, I'm just going to read you some names now of people who are testing the waters. You tell me whether they should stay or oh, okay. go. okay, yeah. Just give me stay yeah. or go in a couple words. Here we go. Zaire Smith of Texas Tech. Uh, understand why he's testing. He will. Mo- he should come back. And the reason that he should come back is because Texas Tech and Coach Beard has proven to be great with player development. And he should come back to work on and, and really firm up that outside shot. And I'm going to point out, for some reason, I, I draw a huge difference, Gus, between a kid leaving after his junior mm-hmm. year and a kid leaving after freshman or sophomore year. So here's another mm-hmm. one, but I, I'm not going to argue over this. Jerome Robinson? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think he falls into the same category as – I guess he falls into the same category as who, were, who we just mentioned. And you want to go – like Zaire Smith, and you want to find out more information. But I also feel like we just put – Boston College on the map. We beat Duke. Um, we actually mattered in the ACC for the first time in forever. Like, let's just strike while the iron's hot and why we're, like, still a name and a topic. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen next year. So I get while why he's declaring. And, you know, he's definitely NBA-ish with his size and his skill set. Um, and maybe somebody takes a flyer on him in the second round. So, I, But I get why he declares and is going to find out more information. I get it. 
I'm not calling him PJ Washington. I'm calling him PG Washington. <laughs> okay, because that's where PJ Washington will be from Kentucky. I he did not show enough for us this season. Gus, 10.8 points per game, 5.7 rebounds, barely 60% from the free throw line, and 20% from three-point range. I'm just Yeah, saying. I mean, there, there's, there's not – I think he's, like, boxed himself into, like, one position. Like, he's just an old-fashioned four. That's it. I know. At six, seven. Yeah, old-fashioned four. That's my point. Like, uh, you know, other guys that were that height that kind of bullied people around, had some different – I don't know, brought something different to the table. I'm trying to think of, like uh, – uh, Harrell from Louisville or maybe um, uh, but like somebody along that but his motor and his jumping really I don't know if Washington has those other measurables that are going to you know change an NBA executive's mind I don't think so and especially if he's going to you know clunk it from uh, from deep if you if you can't use him as a floor spacer either and he's going to be undersized as in position that he's playing not a great decision come back and work on your skill set I mean Ethan Hap's a junior I don't care if Ethan Hap goes I have no comment there Cody and Caleb Martin. I they're junior. They're juniors. They're right, juniors. right. I, and eh. I get why. I didn't want him to come uh, back. I just want him to come me, back to me. It's selfish, but I, right, like I just, here, here's you know what you know what I think. Okay, since you asked, here's what I think they're gonna find. Both of them have an NBA, a high level NBA skill, like right now today. I agree. I agree. Ka- I can see him playing on an NBA floor. Caleb's yes. shot off the bounce is NBA ready right now. I agree with you. And then Cody has a really uh, like he has one of the most unique skill sets of anybody that's going to declare for the draft. We can throw like Gilders Alexander into this and Shake Milton into that category as well, where they're they're a ball handler, they're a shooter, they can defend really well. Uh, Cody was the, the the conference defensive player of the year this year, uh, and he can, so he 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 can guard multiple positions, so he can do everything that you ask him to do at six seven. So I think they're going to find like. Hmm, we really like you. I think they're going to get great feedback, and then they're going to have a really tough decision to make. <laughs> this sums up my point, point. then we'll get to the people who haven't decided yeah. yet. You're going to be a freshman like Kevin Knox, and you're going to declare, or P.G. Washington, right? <laughs> that, that's that, that's Linde- sick, by the way. <laughs> Lindell Wigginton mm-hmm. of Iowa right, State, right. He's, he's declaring, he flashed more to me than either of those guys. Totally. See, Wigginton, he's, he's a scorer. Yeah. He went into West Virginia, and I know Knox did too, but Knox made jump shots, okay? And, and and J.J. Redick can make a jump shot. Like, a lot of guys can make jump shots. But Wigginton was the only guy on the floor there. They were, they, were, they were shorthanded, they were injured, and the kid was slicing and dicing. That, to me, makes more sense, although I want him to come oh, back, sure. than some of these other guys. Oh, I agree. Like, especially if you're like a primary ball ball offensive creator, like Wigginton can be. He has amazing bounce. We saw him dunk on a couple of people this year already. Yeah, I, I think he is a beautiful shooter from deep. But I think the other parts of his, I think the other parts, of, the other tools in his toolbox are kind of appealing. So I get why he would declare too. But I think he's going to find like, oh, I didn't shoot it well enough. I got to get back and work on this. couple guys who are undecided. Give me stay or yeah. go. McCall Bridges, Villanova. He should go. He's going to be a lottery pick. He should go. Wendell Carter, Duke. He's going to be a lottery pick. He should go. DeAndre Hunter, Virginia. He should stay, and I think he will stay. Dante DiVincenzo, Villanova. He should stay and just blow the thing up next year. Uh, he could blow it up. I think. I, 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 if I'm an NBA scout, I'm taking him the first round if he goes. Xavier Sneed, Kansas State sophomore. Mm, interesting. And Kansas State does have... Uh, I, 
I get it because somebody off that team should reap the benefits of the success they had in the tournament. And Snead is like the mo- most multifaceted guy on that team. You know, Brown's the lead guard. Dean Wade's the big guy that can shoot it. He, he can, Snead's the guy that can do multiple things and guard multiple positions. So I get that part. But it'd be awesome if he came back too, because then that team is loaded. And the last one, which will drive me nuts, a 6'8", small forward who can't dribble, who can't shoot. The best stat we had on him is his rebounds per minutes played after he didn't play about three-fifths of the year. Jared Vanderbilt of Kentucky is undecided. If I were an NBA exec, I would like him better than as much as Knox and definitely better than Washington as if we're talking Kentucky guys. He can't, but he's so small. He can't be back to the basket in the NBA. I don't think he's handles good. No, and I don't think they're going to ask him to do that. I think he'd just be an energy guy off the bench and, and be, just, be a disruptor. Like, that. that is an NBA skill, having a motor and, like, efforting. And he definitely did that in the time. I mean, and his numbers speak to that, too, of, like, his rebounding rate in the amount of number uh, amount of minutes that he played. I want him to come back and, like, just rip up and, and, and do, like, an Angel Delgado uh, situation where he averages a double-double next year. That'd be great. Um, but I'm mixed on him. I'm undecided. I'd love if he came back, but I get why he's exploring. Well, that's it, partner. Well, let's wrap up here because I got to get to see who you found comps for D'Anthony Melton of USC. Uh, (laughs) So why don't we wrap up? (laughs) That sounds great. Um, uh, (laughs) Listeners, we were going to give you a couple more things, but I think we'll uh, I think we'll call it quits there. We just want to give a little uh, rundown. Mike, give me a you know, just I guess just give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Uh, We'll just give you a rundown of the player. awards at the end of the season for college basketball sure yeah you go uh player of the year brunson do you have any problem with that no he's player of the year absolutely 100%. yeah I, I agree there i have zero problem with that um I, you know if the vote was taken uh halfway through the season i get trey young but it's it capitulates the whole season so I, I i get brunson winning that how about the best point guard that also went to brunson you good with that too i assume yeah he's just he's a special player he made his team better and he was the best player on the best team the entire year yeah. Great point. That phrase should be spit out more often. Um, the shooting guard, the Jerry West Award, went to Carson Edwards of Purdue. Yeah, yeah. You know, Carson Edwards deserves an award. He, to Carson Edwards' season was an award-winning season. So I'm not going to argue over this one. The kid deserved something. He didn't get first-team All-American. Right. I'm fine. Give the kid something. The kid's a winner, and it should be Jerry West was was the logo. Carson Edwards is a winner. You know what? I, I like your statement of Carson's Edward Carson Edwards season was an award-winning season. I, I, that that, that sums it up perfectly. Uh, how about the small forward award, the Julius Irving Award? Uh, Bridges from Villanova, you okay with that? Yeah, Gus, they announced the five finalists. Keelan Martin, Miles Bridges, Keita Bates-Diop, Mikhail Bridges, and Trayvon Blewett. I like Trayvon Blewett. I'd be fine with yep. that. I'm fine with Keita Bates-Diop. I'd be fine with mm-hmm. that. I'm not giving it to Miles Bridges, and I'm always his biggest fan coming into the season. Keelan Martin's a notch below those guys. No, I, I can't give it to to, to McCall Bridges over Trayvon Blewett or Keita Bates-Diop. No, I, I like can't. either one of those choices a little bit better, and I like the diversity uh, throughout the awards if they threw it Blewett's way or a KBD's way. I, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. So I think that's the only one I kind of disagree with. The Power Forward Award, the Car Malone Award went to DeAndre Ayton. You, you okay with that? Oh, absolutely. DeAndre Ayton came on like gangbusters. It's a shame that they all that they, they couldn't stop Buffalo, but DeAndre Ayton's the type of kid who could have carried this team. He could be a number one pick overall. Yeah. He yeah, yeah, he's gonna be a top five pick as well. Uh, and then how about the center award, the Kareem Abdul uh, J- Kareem Abdul Jabbar award went to uh, Angel Delgado. Are we okay with that? This is an interesting one. 
The finalists on the top five for the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award was Isaac right. Haas, okay, Jock Landell, mm-hmm. Delgado, Thomas Welsh, please stop, and Brandon McCoy, who, by the way, is going to make himself some money in the NBA. Probably, yeah. Isaac Haas was tremendous. He was so good. But to me, he's more of a more improved player award than he is the top center. Although he was good, guys. He was Man, really was good. He, good. he was really efficient. It's going to come down to me between Angel Delgado and Jock Which Landell. is hilarious for you. I guess I'm not going to argue. You have the player who didn't do enough to get his team to the tournament and the other player who got his team to the tournament despite his coach. So I'm fine with Angel yeah, Delgado. I, I think if we're if I think if we're leaning one way or the other here, especially when Angel Delgado really punctuated his season in the tournament with that 2020 game. Uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, like I, I, I think that would, that that I mean that game kind of signifies like what type of player he is and was for that Seton Hall program throughout his career, and I hope that he's one of those guys that gets drafted in the late first round or second round or even gets a an NBA free agent rookie free agent contract and just has like a great ten year NBA career because of his effort and his willingness to be selfless on both ends of the floor. Yeah, so those are our awards. Brunson Player of the Year, Brunson Point Guard of the Year, the Bob Cousy Award, Carson Edwards, the Jerry West Award, Bridges, the Julie Serving Award, uh Aiton the, the Carmelone Award, and Delgado the uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award. And uh, listeners, thank you. If you really like what you're listening to and, and you're got some free time in the off season, please give the give the podcast a follow on Twitter, at SDS Podcast, Efficiency of Keystrokes, of course. If you like what you're listening to supremely, please don't be afraid to give us an off-season rating on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts. We're up over 100 uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts, so thank you for the listeners during in-season, and especially during the tournament where we made a mad run over 100, which was pretty tremendous. So thank you, listeners. And, uh, listeners, if you're looking for some of our uh, screen-the-screener stuff uh, and print it or a different way to consume it, you can hit up Mike's site, randallrant.com. He's got some fantasy football stuff up there. He's got screen-the-screener college basketball stuff up there. So if you're you know looking for a different uh, type of sports piece of information to consume that's your place to go and don't forget to give mike a follow on twitter he's hilarious he's entertaining and insightful at randall rant mike anything else for the listeners out there yeah your comps for shy gilts alexander are so damn good <laughs> folks go to the, go to the youtube channel screen the screen of college basketball podcast subscribe you'll love it if you're college hoops junkies like us we're gonna have new players coming at you all the time man you're so good at this ah oh, it's so good it's nice so good. well listeners you have something to look forward to later on this week that's for sure <laughs> God, who is it, David Njoku? I wish you could have seen him, Gus. Oh, God, it was crazy. People went running out of the arena. They were so scared of him. Oh, my God. Cheers, Elatra. Grazie, Lazia. Arigato, everyone. Gilgis. Oh.